0: Confidence proudly presents America's Invisible Heroes radio talk show. Tune in weekly on Sundays from 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Pacific time with your host Ken Mackey. Co-host, U.S. Air Force veteran Matt Davidson. Announcer Taylor Marcella. U.S. Army veteran and Strategies for Hope segment host Dr. Kathy Cash. U.S. Army Reserve veteran and entertainment segment host Charles Whitehead. US Army Special Forces Veteran, and I once was whole segment host Richard Cook, US Army Veteran and lifeline for women's veterans segment host Martha Elena Varela, National Faith Director Chaplain, and veterans and recovery segment host Anthony Akambora, and US Air Force Veteran and incarcerated to success segment host Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show email info at
3: Okay, well, welcome everyone. And thank you for tuning in to America's Invisible Heroes, a show that's dedicated to our veterans and their families. Yes, I'm your host, Consuela Mackey, executive director of a grassroots nonprofit organization called Operation Conference. No, I'm not a veteran, but my heart goes out to our American heroes, especially veterans who are disabled and may have experienced homelessness. Now, we're going to uh, show, have our co-host and board member, Taylor Marcella, will introduce our co-host, the rest of our co-host for today. Take it away, Taylor.
1: Thank you, Connie. So um, on today's show, we have U.S. Army Reserve Veteran, Charles Whitehead. He is a co-host. We have U.S. Army Veteran, Dr. Wendy Childress and her monthly segment, Living Life Completely we have Tanya Lewis and her bi-monthly segment, The Miracle of Seamoss. And last but not least, we have US Army veteran Roy Brown and his bi-monthly segment, bet to bet Perspective. Okay.
3: So we're gonna have you go from there, Charles. I'm sorry, Taylor, you're gonna introduce our next guest. My apologies.
1: No problem. So Dr. Wendy Childress is a retired Army chaplain, having served in the Army and the California Army National Guard. She has served as an associate pastor and worked in the nonprofit sector in various capacities for over 15 years. Dr. Wendy is a life coach, founder of Living Life Completely, LLC, and co-founder of 52 Love, an organization she and her and her daughter founded to empower, edify, encourage and educate African-American women. Today, uh, Dr. Wendy will talk about overextended, uncertain about what's next, um, being tired, and at a crossroad in um, your life and career. Um, Dr. Wendy says that even the strongest person can experience ambivalence about life or their goals, and as a certified life coach, he can help. You regain the motivation needed to set new goals and successfully move forward. She believes that you have the strength not just to survive, but to truly thrive and live life completely. Welcome, Dr. Wendy.
3: Dr. Wendy, before you start your presentation, would you please give us a prayer? Yes, I will.
4: Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this day, first of all, thanking you. Thank you for waking us up because we know you did not have to. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing. Father, I ask that you lift up each and every person on this show, lift their spirits, Lord, provide for them what they need. Father, and I ask that you do likewise for the country and the world because you see the status that we are in at this current time. So we just ask for your intervention. Father, we ask for your wisdom, your grace, and your mercy. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. So living life completely and life coaching, not to be confused with, again, I say this time and time again, life coaches should not be confused with therapists or psychologists or psychiatrists because- we are totally different. And the best way to look, to understand coaching, life coaching is to just look at that word coach. We all know what a coach is, basketball coach, football coach, soccer coach. Coach is someone that comes alongside and provides you with strategies and tools to get you to the next level in, of whatever that is that you're pursuing. And likewise, that's what a life coach does. We come alongside, we help you plan and help you recognize and realize what you want to do and help you reach that goal and set a plan in place, a strategy to get you to the next level. A lot of times people come to a life coach because they've tried counseling and therapy and they haven't found the right match and they'll come and seek coaching thinking that you can do the same thing. However, even though my undergrad is psychology, I personally, and I'm gonna say, I don't believe any life coach crosses that boundary because we do not diagnose, we do not treat mental illness. And I I should not go any further without mentioning May is mental health month. And I'm going to do a sidebar mental health is real. Should you need help, seek it. There's nothing wrong with getting help. I'm going to say that again. There's nothing wrong with getting help. And I emphasize that because so many of my soldiers, and they were mine because I love them and I care for them and I still do, thought that seeking help was weak. That is not weak. That is actually strength. It takes a lot of courage to let someone else know that you are struggling or hurting. So again, I say, if you are hurting, if you are struggling, please please seek help. In addition to that, May is actually Military Appreciation Month as well. So make sure you appreciate those that you know that have served and are serving um, this country so I go back to that because where I was, because a lot of times people come to a life coach wanting therapy. We don't do therapy. Life coaching is results oriented. You come to a life coach, say you maybe you're at a crossroad in relationship, in your career, you're just stuck and you don't know how to move forward. That is when you seek a life coach because a life coach, again, will help you develop a plan to get you to the next level and walk with you until you get there and keep you accountable until you get there. And maybe you might have to come back and re-strategize and uh, and to get to that level. That is what a life coach does. No mental health, no diagnosing, no therapy, but helping you get to the next level. And many people, there are business coaches There are relationship coaches, there are grief coaches. There are so many different coaches and so many different people use coaches um, that you wouldn't believe it. You have so many celebrities, you have so many, as I'm saying, business and CEOs and executives that use a coach in order to get them to the next level because we all get stuck sometimes We get stuck and we get stunted and we need just an outside eye, someone with a little to help guide us through and navigate that particular point in our lives. So that is what life coaching is. That is what I do. And I take pride in seeing my clients get over the hurdle because a lot of times we think we can't and we're just stuck and this is it. And I've got to continue in this thing that's just weighing me down and I'm tired of it. And you don't, you don't. So I like to provide hope and I like to, again, results oriented. I like to see my clients, I take pride in seeing them get to the next level of where they want to be.
3: Wow, that is so informative. You see, we all learn something. I never really knew what Dr. Oh, what Dr. Wendy did, but that's amazing. We really want to thank you for that. And you're going to come back, as you do, with more information on life coaching. Yes. Can you hear, hear me okay? Yes, I heard you. And okay, again, i want going to reiterate, Mental
4: Health Month. Yes, if right. You are hurting, if you are struggling, if you are suicidal, get help. You are not. You do not have to go any of that alone. Please speak
3: help. Do you have any idea what should they call on? It's something like what, not nine one one, but one of those. Actually, ones. one one nine one one two one one. Okay, um,
5: you can
4: call I'm sorry, Charles. What'd you say?
5: Is it three one one? Is that one of those? Two one one. Two one one
3: on one yes. yeah I knew it was one of mm-hmm. well let's and put so, that out there yes call two
4: and with two on one they have a, they're a resource for a lot of services so again, really? do not hesitate do not hesitate and if you are interested in taking your life to the next level just if you're stuck if you have a goal if you want to start a business if you're not sure then seek a life coach. For mental health, seek a therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, not a life coach.
3: Can we have your contact information? Because people are wanting that.
4: The best way to contact me is via email, living, L-I-V-I-N-G, life, L-I-F-E, complete, C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E, at yahoo.com. And that's really the best way to contact me. And I'll respond and we'll go from
3: there. Can you repeat that, please? Some people didn't have a pen or a pencil. Living Life complete at Yahoo.com. Okay, such good information. Thank you so much for that information, Rebecca. Whoever needs help, please reach out and don't forget to contact Dr. Wendy, too. Please,
4: please. And Hmm. a lot of us will refer. We won't, again, if you come to us and you actually realize you need the therapy, we will refer you
3: or um, let you know that's not what we do. Right. Gotcha. That's such good information. Thank you so much. We look forward to you coming back next month with some more good information, Dr. Wendy. Gladly. Thank you. All right. Charles, it's on you.
5: All right, next we're going to talk about Roy Brown and the Vet to Vet. Roy Brown is the founder of Vet to Vet, Greater Los Angeles uh, in in, uh, 2004. He's a national trainer, DBSA, peer specialist, uh, certification, certification, certified, I guess, right? Vet to Vet has over 30 locations across the U.S. with support groups at VA hospitals and communities and churches. Research done on Vet to Vet shows that facilitators of these groups tend to lead more productive lives, show less hospitalization, and ultimately become productive to their community. Vet to Vet has been of service to over 1 million vets and also assists veterans in their transition back to civilian life with support groups such as MIA (Mental Illness Anonymous) and Wellness Recovery. Also assisting in uh, uh, with. Re- recovery, also assistance in res- resume writing and life skills, life scopes, okay. partnering with mental health grassroots organizations such as uh, VOCAL is Veterans of Color Action League. Um, they also serve veterans and their families through the greater Los Angeles area. Today, Roy will inform us about vet- veteran benefits and how to get to go after them. Go ahead, Roy.
2: Okay. Thank you, job. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say thank you to everybody who tuned, who's tuning in, and mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to go over this subject because I've had so many veterans and so many veterans' families that come, and they don't know how to either go about getting their benefits or don't know what benefits to apply for, and the VA has quite a few different types of compensation. That most veterans, including myself, unless someone tells me, won't know about. Um, and the biggest one is the VA disability compensation, and this provides monthly benefits to veterans in recognition of recognition of the effects of disabilities, diseases, or in, injuries incurred or aggravated during active military duty. Now one thing to understand is when they say aggravated it means that you could have had an injury that you sustained before you went into the service but if you aggravated it while you were in the service you can still apply for compensation uh, a lot of veterans don't know that and a lot of the va organizations won't tell them so um and certain program provides monthly payments to surviving spouses, dependent children, and dependent parents in recognition of the economic loss caused by a veteran's death during military service or after discharge from military service as a result of a service-connected disability. Um, We'll go down to some, some myths that Surfaces around veterans and their records, um, and I'm sure that everybody's heard that veterans' records may have gotten burnt, um, burnt up while they were in the
3: archives. True to a certain extent. Um, The National Archives in St. Louis, Missouri,
2: is, official, is the official repository of millions of records for all military personnel. And that's for, for our service branches who served during the late 19th and 20th century. Um, through military, though military personnel files constitute its core holdings. <clears throat> The National Archives at St. Louis is a repository for numerous document types, such as the Selective Service System, registration and classification ledgers that document the military draft between 1940 and 1975. Army generals court case files, including an index records dated 1911 through 1976 and accessing records dated 1940 to 1976, with all records dated through 1917 in the Washington, D.C. building. And those dated approximately 1918 to 1939 in College Park, Maryland. Uh, In order to get, well, let's go, the National Archives at St. Louis maintains what they call OMPFs, which is the official military personnel files of service members that were discharged, retired, or deceased 62 years from the current date. Wow. These records belong to the National Archives and become archival. 62 years after the service member's separation from the military. And this is a rolling date. For example, this is 2023. 62 62 years before now is 1961. Therefore, records with a discharge date of 1961 and prior are archived in St. Louis and they're open to the public. Additionally, various records of persons of exceptional prominence are also archived and open to the public. Requests for archival records do not require a signature. Um, And although a fire in 1973 did destroy 80% of army personnel records from 1912 to 1960, and 75% of Air Force records from 1947 to 1964, with names alphabetically coming in after James E Hubbard. Now keep in mind when requesting a record from any particular service branch that the record may be fire related and require preservation treatment. And if that's the case, it'll take several weeks either to make a copy or for you to get a copy of your of your record. Unless you wanna to go to St. Louis and go to the research room and you can view it right there. If you happen to be in the St. Louis area, I and mean, you need them. Non-archival records. Records of individuals who left service less than 62 years ago are not, not yet archival. These non-archival records are maintained at the National Personnel Records Center but remain in the legal custody of the military service department that you served in. A non archival OMPF which is the office of military personnel files is open to the veteran, the next of kin, or uh, to a third party requester. The next of kin is uh, to a third party who has the veteran's authorization. Under the provisions of the Freedom of Information Act, the general public may only obtain limited information from these records. Requests for non-archival records must be signed and dated. Uh, If you wanna request military personnel records from a veteran, you need to have the veteran's complete name that he used in the service, his service number, or later, it'll be a social security number, his branch of service, the date and the place of his birth, and also the dates of service. Now for non-archival and archival requests, uh, you should submit a standard form, I think it's 180, uh, which you can go to va.gov, and look up on the forms. And I think it would be a great idea if most veterans did go to the new va.gov site because you can look up pretty much anything that you wanna find out now about the military and about your benefits. Um, One thing that I learned while trying to get my service-connected benefits which took me 35 years to get oh no yeah because i listened to a lot of veterans who said it wouldn't be wise to use a lawyer uh-huh. well i want to give a lawyer your money when you can just go to the va's uh one of the va official offices or use one of the va service providers. And I used a service provider for 30 of those 35 years. And for some reason, every time I came up for appeal, he said that it didn't go through. After I talked to a lawyer, it took a lawyer approximately eight months to give me a 100% service-connected disabled that went back from the early 2000, late 19s, Uh, but that told me to research a little bit more about lawyers and the difference between lawyers and certain service organizations that are supposed to be representing veterans is that to me, if the Veterans Administration um, is a part of these veterans organizations that helping to pay their salaries or helping to get the money that they are getting every year in order to continue to run, then my thought is they have a quota. And once they reach that quota, then that veteran or any veterans that come after that has a problem. The same with going to school and I just happened to be in office a lot when I was going trying to get my money. And I used to always see the numbers on the board of people that were going for certain degrees and the amount or the number of people that they were, I guess, obligated
3: to get in the school for that semester. And it started me to
2: ask a lot of questions. And I found out that 85% of veterans that use lawyers get their, win their cases. <clears throat> 15% of those without win their cases. So, I mean, I didn't mind because a lawyer can charge you anywhere from 15 to 33% or less, I was charged 15%, which I really didn't mind because it, it really, without the giving them the 15%, I would probably still be waiting for my service-connected disability. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I don't blame it so much on the people that work for some of these organizations because of, they haven't been trained to know how to put certain things together. And the lawyer told me this should have been the Your leg, your back is a problem caused by your leg. Your leg you hurt while you was in the service. So everything that has to do with your alignment should be included in what you're asking service connection for. And a lot of veterans didn't and I didn't know that. So I think the more that we talk and the more that we find out and try to learn from each other, the more I think we'll be apt to help each other and to educate each other, whether it's in the community, at the VA, or just walking on the street. As long as we talk to other veterans, we can help them to benefit themselves as we benefited ourselves.
3: And I'm guessing that I'll continue, each
2: session to bring you information about the new um, diseases or the new, some of the new things that have come up like Camp Lejeune. It's not the only one, Um, if you were on a vessel uh, between in certain parts of Thailand On certain seas, and I'll bring that next week. But you're automatically included if you ask for it into getting service connection, because they found out that certain people, there are certain diseases that are showing up later in life that they didn't know that the some of the gases or some of the things that were used on these ships or in the in the quarters. Well uh, would cause later on in life.
3: So. Uh, do you have yeah. any contact information on some of the things you were just talking about? Most you can
2: find at uh, www.va.gov. And it would be best to go and find out what it is that you wanna find out about and you have different pages and quite a bit with different forms that you can get right there that you can fill out yourself and it'll give you the guide of how to do that Uh, a lot of the laws may not be on the in the books yet or on the paper but they do have them i don't i'm not sure but I, i know that obama passed nine new um health issues that veterans can file for. And from my understanding, there was some more passed this year, um, especially having to do with uh, veterans that served in certain uh, parts of overseas, so.
3: Charles, can you use any information that uh, Roy's sharing?
2: Yeah, I'm
5: kind of like, you know, um, navigating my way through now. I- I've learned that, uh um there are certain, uh certain like nso officers uh you know they're they're pff, might as well go and talk to a stranger on the streets. Exactly. It, it's a shame, you know, but it uh, you know uh, it's 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 a reality and uh you know it happens to way more veterans than it needs to. And I'm one of them and I know. You know.
4: And, and I'm gonna say and Sorry to cut you off, Charles. Roy oh is exactly right in sharing the information because I always stop. If I see a veteran, I stop and ask, make sure that they are taken care of and that they're getting the benefits that they deserve. Now, I don't know if you use the DAV, uh, DAV.org. Charles, I don't know if you've used them or Roy, if you know anything about them, but actually they did help me and I, they, they helped me get my benefits, and I was thankful for it. Uh, because what you were hinting to, Roy, when you said going to the VA and their affiliates, it's like, how do we expect the VA? The VA doesn't want to pay out against itself. It, it, when you think about it, they, they don't want to pay out against themselves. And it is hard to navigate the system on your own. So Mm -hmm. my chaplain assistant actually told me about the DAB. And I got in contact and I was fortunate enough to get a good representative who who understood Roy that if you broke your ankle, then everything else is out of alignment. Your hip, your back, your leg. Everything else is out of alignment, and he understood that, and so I was fortunate. So maybe the DAV, and again, it's dav.org, and you look for whichever one is close
3: to you, and they help as well. Roy, tell them your story. I mean, uh, Charles, tell them your story real quick. But so Charles has been going that, trying to get his benefits how many years?
5: Six, seven, I don't know, something like that. You know, let's see, here, here's how it all started with me. On my way back after I graduated from the defense mapping school, before I made it home, I had a car accident in Arkansas and I was almost killed. You know, that was in 1982. And if you guys know about I, it, I do use a wheelchair. I'm paraplegic. But that didn't that. That wasn't from that accident. Five years later, I was in an accident here in California. And uh, that's what put me in the, the, the chair. However, what I did was, you know, because you know, I'm a uh I do a lot of uh talking to people and and uh, there was a guy who uh, had a podcast and he asked me, could he interview and, and we were talking about the you know the thing because I come from Arkansas, you know, I come from a country family and and uh you know my my father was military, but you know, I still I I lived on the farm, road tractors and all of that stuff, you know, yeah. did all that and so I was telling the story and uh, one of my cousins, who actually is a, a VA rep who worked in St. Louis at the record.